right. Good evening, everyone. Um, hope everyone's been having a great day so far. Let me hit record here and uh, we should be good to go. Okay, send out um, WhatsApp invitations. If we do Instagram and we should be good to go. How's everyone doing? Oh, good evening. Good evening. <laughs> He's doing super today. That's good. <laughs> That's really good. Hallelujah. Okay. You're also super. That's good if y'all. <laughs> oh, man, y'all are so funny. Oof, man, the air conditioning in here is blessed. Amen. <laughs> Join us live. Okay. Hello, Kavadoom dwellers. Good evening, Antifaluka. <laughs> Well, welcome everyone. We'll be getting this party going once I publish this link. And, um, oh man, I should have, let's see if I can get Daniel Camp's graphic here too. Let people know that they can register. And the question comes of airdrop. All right, got that in there, open up over there. I don't need to relay everything to y'all. Do, 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 do. Well, hello. Let me kill the music here. All right. Well, hello, everyone. Good evening. I want to welcome you to um, tonight's edition of Word for Now. Amen. We can't see. Now you can see me. <laughs> if y'all said you can see me. Now you can see me. Amen. I want to welcome you to tonight's session. Um, Pastor Francis Seymour sends his greetings. My name is Francis Seaboard Jr. I'm a member of the Cambodian community, and I'm happy to be here um, to, by the mercy and grace of God, um, bring forth a measure of the gift of Christ, amen? Or a measurement that I feel will be beneficial to you. Um, I wanted to put up a little um, flyer here for our um, Daniel Campers. Um, let me see here, there it is, cool. So this is a precursor to our immersion Teen and Youth Conference. And basically what's going to be happening is um, this, let me take this desk light out, I don't think it's helpful to everyone. Uh, just leave it there, whatever. Um, we're gonna be praying towards the immersion and building up towards that. And this is gonna be kind of like a beta test trial run kind of deal, if that makes sense. And we're gonna be having a 12 hour prayer stretch, amen. So um, if you wanna feast on the Lord, like we've been talking about, here is a wind of opportunity right here to feast in a place of prayer. There's many other feasts. Um, there is the feast of forgiveness <laughs> that you can partake of. You can feast um, in love, amen? It's called a love feast, right? And forgive people that have offended you and let them go. Um, don't hold them, you know, hold them accountable to, anyways, you get the idea. Um, but we can feast and pray, amen? Um, so the theme is, my bad, um, sons of like, I ended up with Sons of Light for a reason. Um, yeah, someone's asking me, initially the theme was Children of Light, but the actual theme is Sons of Light, Sons of Light. And that should be what you find on the Eventbrite page. Um, this should be available on the website, but I haven't made that the website link public yet. So stand by, by this evening, everything should be good to go. All right, I think it's prayer time, amen. And so, Heavenly Father, we thank you for what you're doing in our hearts and in our minds. We celebrate all that you're doing, God. We say thank you. Thank you because you are 
going ahead of us. You're doing better than what we could do by ourselves. We entrust ourselves to you. We say thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We bless what you're doing even at this time. We say thank you. We are celebrating the work that you're doing in and through us and for us. Thank you because we have a table set before us. You set the table, Holy Spirit. You set the table, Lord Jesus. You set the table, Heavenly Father. And this table is yourself. You want union with us. And your greatest desire is that we would want union with you. We thank you because even as we partake of this meal, appetite for this union is awakened. As we partake, Lord God, appetite is restored as is hunger. Thank you, Lord God. As we awaken to our union with you, Lord God, there is redemption. There is restoration. There is rejuvenation. There is resurrection. So thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so we've, um, we've been journeying through the book of Revelations. Let me get my notes out here. Um, I use my notes as kind of like a guide to make sure I have like a, not a script per se, but like, um, yes, I think that's it, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, um, as a script per se, but as a kind of like a guide to make sure I don't rabbit trail too far, amen? So we've been on the seven feasts of Israel, right? But we've been showing their significance or their importance to the book of Revelation and showing book of Revelations um, like as a plug to let us know that, hey, the church that is feasting, that is going successfully, transitioning through all of these seven feasts will arrive at the destination captured in the book of Revelation, which is that the tabernacle of God is with men. Amen. And how cool that we ended um, the Feast of Tabernacles technically ended last yesterday, um, yesterday um, evening at 6 p.m. And so um, what should happen is that all of these dress rehearsals, there is meant to be the actual fulfillment or manifestation. And this is actually what we're getting into today. We're going to look at the feast themselves and look at them as dress rehearsals. First of all, we'll look at them as in um, the first occurrence or the first celebration of the feasts. Then we're going to look at the dress rehearsals and then we're going to look at their fulfillment in Christ and ultimately their fulfillment in us. And um, the reason why we need to have these four categories, some some of these feasts, they don't have a supposed like first occurrence per se, because they were just given by the word explicitly like Leviticus 23 and other passages of scripture. But there are some of them like Passover, for example, or like Pentecost, for example, and these feasts, they had a first time they were celebrated and their clues letting us know how or what their fulfillment is in our lives. Amen. So um, we want to jump right in, um, get your notebook, get your cell phone, get something to like take notes with, because this might be fairly detailed. We're trusting a little that you won't just come out with a lot of head knowledge. Amen but there's going to be a stirring in your heart for more of God. I have here um, an actual, like I did a proper note thing. I wasn't able to make it a presentation yet, but I do have the New Testament. Yep, 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 this is not the note. I do have like an extensive, yep, there we go. Priesthood and excellence, there we go. The illustration of the seven feasts, that's what I'm going to. I do have them in note form. I could demo them, but all my ports are taken over of my computer here. So I'm just gonna um, use my notes here as a guide, but I have here priesthood and excellence. This is from, yep, the will of God and the illustration of the seven feasts of God. There we go, cool. So I have everything captured here. Like it's a very, very detailed scripture passages for 
the first occurrences of these scriptures, their first rehearsals, I should say, the inauguration when the Lord officially inaugurated the feasts, the fulfillment in Christ Jesus, their historical fulfillment, and finally the personal fulfillment. And um, we will start by looking at all of the feasts in total. Amen. So we're going to jump real quick. The paper Bible is so wonderful. Thou art looking like a preacher, right? You get, you get official when you have a paper Bible, right? Now I look very serious. Man of God status. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. So um, here's a little graphic um, kind of highlighting is a lower. I'm going to do a different one. Ooh, Papa says something powerful. If Yeshua fulfilled the feasts, then his body will definitely fulfill the feasts as well. Hallelujah. This is so important. Amen. And you're, we're going to discover the reasons why. I had a conversation with a friend yesterday. Um, I discussed this with her and we were going through all the seven feasts one by one. And I love the approach that she had. Um, I was like, there's this feast and that feast. And she's like, what does this mean? How does this apply to me? What does it apply to the body of Christ? And she, it was almost like she had my notes and she was like making sure I went through every single thing. So I got kind of like some extra practice on like preaching this, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, um, last night. Um, but it was so cool because she had them like, okay, I've experienced Passover. Like she, when I explained everything, she knew where she was at, if that makes sense. And she could tell like, okay, so I'm kind of like in a, maybe approaching Pentecost season. I haven't yet reached trumpets yet. Maybe in some areas, maybe, but in, 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 in like the whole volume yet, I haven't crossed that threshold to Pentecost yet. Hallelujah. And we'll explain what all of this means. Amen. And we would see why there is a need for volume in exhaustive teaching in the word um, beyond the periphery shallow level of of the doctrine that has been given to us as believers don't say my own is just simple jesus loves me da, 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 da. and your heart can arrive at you can if you can break down the complex stuff to the very simple then that's good but make sure you actually understand the complex stuff because god gave us the scriptures and if you check the scriptures you would see that the scriptures are not as simple as we would like them to be, right? It requires some study. It requires some digging around. Someone would say, God is simple. You can make those points, um, hallelujah, as far as like some portion of scripture is concerned, that is very valid, but not the entire counsel of God is immediately accessible. Someone would say, why? Not because God is complicated, but because our minds, amen, are not yet fully acquainted with him yet or we haven't allowed the mind of christ to fully invade our souls right we haven't awakened to that reality yet so i'll phrase it like this there is a way that god thinks right there's a way he processes things the bible says my ways are higher than your ways my thoughts are higher than your thoughts amen and there is a way that we have been used to thinking right and there is no way you can get around the fact even evil spirits have a more sophisticated um, civilization than humans currently do. In fact, the peak of human civilization as we know it is, is what Satan lives currently, amen? The Antichrist, hallelujah, Satan's life. That is the peak of it. And it is more beautiful than anything you can see on the earth right now, amen? That's where humanity is headed, amen? Um, but even beyond Satan's civilization, Satan was one cherubim in the, in the Garden of Eden, amen? There were other cherubim, there were billions of cherubim. Um, dare I say more more grains of sand than there are cherubim, amen? More, more stars in the sky than there are cherubim, amen? Um, am I saying that right? Sorry, there are more grains of, there are more cherubim than there are grains of sand, more cherubim than there are stars in the sky. That's a better way of phrasing that, okay? 
um, or as many as are. Let's let's keep it in a safe, you know, because I have no idea what the number is. You see the scriptures, you can tell there's an infinite number of angels, right? That's why the, the mindset that Satan took or Lucifer took a third of the angels when he fell is just redonkulous, right? Because how do you even quantify how many angels actually exist? Especially when you take into account the fact that as seasons progress, more and more angels are activated, more and more angels, um, they get triggered or awakened into functionality, amen? There's some angels that they're just bound waiting to be activated and released. We see that in the book of Revelation, right? We release the angels that were bound by the river Euphrates for this specific time, day, hour, amen? There are some angels that can't function without some things triggering them. An example of that is the book of, of um, Revelation. The Bible says at that, sorry, book of Daniel chapter 12, when it says at that time, Michael shall stand up, the great prison stands for your people. And so the specific events that trigger the appearance of certain angels, without those events, those angels will not be present. Some angels, they have been activated already, so they're dormant, but they're, they're active, if that may, or they've been activated already, but some have not been activated, amen? And I know this because there are some angels that only go into operation when the body has achieved full maturity. For example, book of Revelation chapter 21 and 22 shows us, um, speaks about angels that they stand at the entrance to the city of God, amen? Hallelujah. Those entities can only function that way when the city of God is officially, let's say, open, has been constructed. Amen. And that's who, that's you and I, right? The city of God is not brick and mortar. It's it's me and you. Hallelujah. And so until we come into act, you know, functionality, there is no that that, that structure doesn't doesn't exist in time. It doesn't. Amen. God's desire is that we bring that reality out of of heaven, out of God into this world. <clears throat> Hallelujah. I hope everyone understands. So um, I'm saying all this because um, scripture has places that are simple. We need to be established in those. And there's places that are difficult and they're hard. If you check, Peter said that some people say that Paul's letters were difficult and they're hard and they wrestle with them to their own destruction, right? So that means that there's parts of scripture that are a little bit confusing. That doesn't mean we give up and we let go and we just stay in the simple ones. It means we need to change our minds. That's all it means, right? Renewing the mind, amen? Renewing our minds. Being transformed by the renewing of our minds, amen? So brace yourself for some things that might be, require you to task yourself, right? Require you to put some energy in, amen? Not because God is difficult or hard, but because if you want to master anything, you have to put effort in, right? If you want to grow in faith, if you want to raise the dead, if you want to heal the sick, it's just not going to happen unless you give yourself to some things that might be considered difficult or hard or strenuous, amen, or inconvenient, right? So brace yourself. We're jumping in, amen. So uh, we have the Greco-Roman calendar on the inner. First of all, you have the sun and the moon and like the phases kind of illustrated right there. But then you now have the Greco-Roman calendar on the first summer semicircle coming outwards. And right after that, we have the Jewish calendar. So you can see January. You kind of see like there's kind of like a divide, like um, there's a spillover. Some months seem to correspond, but not really. Kind of like every month begins halfway through every month. Like every Jewish month begins almost like halfway through or towards the end of the Greek or Roman months. So you can see that. And that's because the Jewish calendar is a lunar one. So it's exactly 360 days as compared to the Greek or Roman one is 365 days. Um, which is more accurate. Please understand that time is a way of measuring things. Um, and so these are just ways of referencing things, but understand that God works with like spiritual things. They work on this cycle. God can also work with the, or 
speak, sorry, through the um, Greek Roman calendar. And God does that to convey a message, to communicate something. Amen. And um, that's just God speaking a language. Amen. Oftentimes when you have some events take place, that's God communicating. And so being able to discern what God is saying is critical to receiving the message, right? Okay, let's keep this going. So um, here we have all these months, Adar, Nissan, Er, Saivan, Tammuz, Av, Elul, Tishri, Chesvan, Kislev, Tevat. I pronounce everything there perfectly because my Hebrew is fluent. And if anyone disagrees, you can send me a DM privately. But <laughs> if you agree, you can share me on in the comments in the chat room, amen. So we have the first set of feasts, um, the spring feasts. <laughs> Francis is laughing. The spring feasts are as follows, Passover, unleavened bread and first fruits, amen. And um, I like how they're kind of like clumped together. These are um, the first feasts of the Jewish, um, this is the first feasts on the Jewish calendar, I'm gonna phrase it like that, okay? And the first three feasts, um, Passover is called Pishak in Hebrew, unleavened bread, I can't remember what it's called in Hebrew, and then first fruits. I also can't remember what that's called in Hebrew, but these three, are often referred to together as either Pishak Passover or unleavened bread. Okay, um, looks like cycles of life. They they are yes, they are cycles of life. Amen. Hallelujah. So you have these three feasts; they're clumped together. Okay, and then you then have um, the feast of Pentecost. Right, that's kind of like by itself. Right, it's kind of a um, you can't you can call it like kind of like a pre-summer like spring feast. Um, I'll call it summer feast. Okay, early summer. <laughs> no, yet not fully summer yet. And that happens like between May and June. That's usually when we have the Open Heavens Conference, right? And um, we have the fall feasts, and those are as follows, trumpets, atonement, and tabernacles, okay? Those three also come together. All right. And so you can tell there's kind of like three major categories, the spring feast, the um, Pentecost, and then the fall feasts, okay? Um, another word for Pentecost um, is Shavuot, um, the word Pentecost is um, the Greek word 50, right? Pente, pent, five, zero. And um, Shavuot means the Feast of Weeks. And the reason why it's called the Feast of Weeks is because Pentecost um, case takes place um, 50 days after um, the Feast of First Fruits. And that 50 day time span um, comes out to be seven weeks. So it's called the Feast of Weeks because you have seven weeks and seven is the number of perfection and so each week is a measure of perfection, but then seven of them means a perfection or the fullness of the weeks, right? That's why you see in the book of Acts chapter two, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, right? So it's a buildup, okay? And then the climax of the last, the fall feasts are trumpets, atonement, and tabernacles. Okay, so um, I wanted to, first of all, introduce them in this way, um, just letting you know like what they are, as in introducing them like verbally, these are what they're called, okay? And then we're going to go into what they signify, okay? Now, I'm gonna to touch on two ones primarily first, and they are Passover and Tabernacles. And I'm gonna to touch those two because they're most important to us right now. We'll get into Pentecost probably next um, on, on Wednesday or next week on when next we get the chance to talk, okay? So um, the Feast of Passover, okay, was first introduced um, to Israel when they were in Egypt, right? We all know this story. Um, they were in bondage and God had been releasing his spirit in measures um, into, into Egypt, right? And that light was um, um, judging the gods of Egypt, amen? Um, the final blow that was going to break the camel's back 
was God instituting the feast of Passover. Okay, so I want you to see these feasts as a way of God waging warfare against darkness. Amen. And this feast was so powerful that Pharaoh, despite all the different you know ways of hardening his heart and resisting himself or whatever, finally let Israel go on the feast of Passover or through. Let me say through through the feast of Passover. Amen. That was the first rehearsal. Okay, it gets inaugurated. Um, let me see here. And let's let's look at some scripture that might set us up real quick. So I have, a, I have Daniel Camp here. I'm going to switch away from that and point us to um, the book of Exodus, chapter 12. Isn't that so cool? The number 12. <laughs> Prophetic people say yay. Designers say no way. <laughs> I pulled up the wrong window. I have different like configurations for different um, monitor sizes and aspect ratios, and I pulled up the wrong one by accident. My bad. Now the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be your beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak to all the congregation of Israel, saying, On the tenth of this month, every man shall take for himself a lamb, according to the house of his father, a lamb for a household. Now this right here, okay, this feast right here, God is about to introduce the feast of Passover. Amen? Now this lamb that's taken, all right, was meant to be for a family or a household. And this is why Paul said in the book of Acts, when um, he got released from prison by the Holy Spirit or by the angel that was sent to the jailer, he told him that salvation is for you and your household. So whenever anyone gets born again in any family, all right, the Passover lamb has been given to that family. Amen. You can use this in waging warfare for the salvation, amen, of your family members, for the salvation of the family members of your friends and families of those that are saved, people you're deceiving for. Salvation is for them and their household. It's right there. Amen? And so it's for you and your bloodline, you and your family line, you and your genealogy. Okay? God wants to save a genealogy, redeem the genealogy through you. And you are just the landing post, right? The landing, landing site, right? That land that's taken was representative of something. What gives the feast their power is that they are actually pointing towards something. And this is why the feasts are often referred to as dress rehearsals, appointed times, some in different points of scripture, but dress rehearsals. And um, you, we're going to look at their inauguration as dress rehearsals in the book of Leviticus chapter 23. Let's look at this real quick. Um, this is God speaking. The Lord spoke to Moses saying, speak to the children of Israel, say to them, the feast of the Lord, which you shall proclaim to be holy convocations. These are my feasts. Amen. So these feasts are not the feasts of Israel. Amen. These are the feasts of the Lord. God is the one that is prescribing this diet. It's kind of like people saying to themselves that this, the seven um, kingdoms of this age that we've discussed several times in the past, right? You can go back and listen to those messages, um, that those feasts are for ancient Babylon and all for us today. Amen. You can say that with your mouth, but Satan is still pushing out, right? That diet to all of humanity, every child that is born into this world it is demanded it is of utmost importance that child be breastfed the diet amen of babylon and that feast of babylon is broken down into the seven kingdoms of this age which are again assyria egypt babylon persia greece rome and the kingdom of the antichrist satan's goal with all of that is that every human, human being born into this world is being shepherded right being fed amen this strict diet of darkness with the intent that Satan's life can be seen to flourish on the earth. Similar to what you see in Genesis chapter six, where the Bible says that the way of God was corrupted on the earth and there was violence 
and there was only evil in the imagination of the thoughts of men's hearts. Amen. So all of man's, the faculties of the, the soulish faculties of humanity, the channels through which God will communicate and strive with humanity, they were taken, arrested, um, um, being governed by, by Satan. Amen. That is Satan's hope and desire. Amen. And the fruits of everyone that receives or partakes of this um, is that you receive a branding or a marking. That speaks to some kind of conformity. All right. Book Revelation refers to those that achieve the full-fledged form. They, they complete that curriculum. They they um you know they emerge um as as uh, you know um um yeah they graduate from from this um university of satan as having received the mark of the beast amen they are the ones that resemble satan they have gone through the curriculum of this world they don't need the world system anymore they have discovered something even more fulfilling amen and that is what satan wants on the earth he wants to bring something more vicious than this world system that is called the kingdom of the Antichrist. People that partake of it is going to be enforced on the earth. Those that partake of this feast, amen, they are going to have to, um, those, those are meant to be a partaker of that civilization, that culture, they must open up their pathways, amen, and receive of the feast of the glories of this world. The same thing with God, amen. In fact, Satan copied, copied everything from the Lord, amen. Uh, um, the feasts of the Lord are ways of Israel enjoying the dividends of their salvation amen and by israel i mean the people of god the those who are princes with god israel um at one point was only relegated to those who were biological children of abraham but according to what we see in romans chapter 2 and several other select scriptures throughout the bible we can tell that abraham's seed now is spiritual where the genealogy now um is those who believe right those who are of faith amen are abraham's seed that's you and i amen so being Abraham's seed doesn't just mean, oh, I'm Abraham's seed, I can just go. No, 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 no. There is a diet that Abraham's seed follows. Amen? And we can see that um, right here, right? Um, these are the feasts of the Lord. Hallelujah. These are my feasts. They are holy convocations. And then they are, were introduced to the Sabbath. Six days shall work be done, but the seventh day is a Sabbath of solemn rest, a holy convocation. You shall do no work on it. It is the Sabbath of the Lord in all of your dwellings. Now, this explains to us the principle of all of the seven feasts of the Lord. They are based on the principle of the Sabbath, okay? They are all Sabbaths, okay? They are resting places. Now, what does this mean? This speaks about when you let go of your way of life, your way of thinking, and fully embrace God's ideologies, God's standards. That's what Sabbath means. You let go of your way of thinking. You trust in the Lord. Israel was meant to exercise themselves in this as a culture, as a lifestyle. And so are we, right? The just, the righteous one shall live by faith, where we abandon our way of understanding, right? And we trust the Lord with all of our hearts. And we, we subscribe to his ways of thinking. Amen? We subscribe to what he wants to do. This might look like you waking up in the morning, and instead of doing what everyone else in the world would want to do, maybe go online, check Facebook or something, you exercise restraint, amen, and engage with the Lord, amen? You choose, instead of toiling, to go through the way of Sabbath. I hope what I'm saying is making sense. Hallelujah. And so in, in, that, in that practice, amen, we, we, we engage the Sabbath. Sabbath is not really a day, amen. Sabbath is a person that we are becoming, right? Jesus, the rest of God, amen. And so en route to that journey of, of that climax of rest of the seventh day being referenced here, amen, because he's actually referencing the seventh day of creation, amen. Um, um, from that vision of the seventh day, amen, a diet is spilled out, right? So 
<sighs> These be the Lord, holy convocations, which you should proclaim at their appointed times on the 14th day of the first month at twilight is the Lord's Passover. And on the 15th day of the same month is the Feast of Unleavened Bread to the Lord. Seven days you must eat unleavened bread. You, on the first day, you shall have a holy convocation. You shall do no customary work on it, but you shall offer an offering made by fire to Lord for seven days. The seventh day shall be a holy convocation. You shall do no customary work in it, okay? Now, all of these feasts, you're looking at their inauguration now, okay? I'm going to read the last one, which is the Feast of First Fruits, okay? And we'll discover um, what we've, we've looked at already. We've already looked at or at least alluded to what Passover, where it first came from, right? Israel in Exodus chapter 12, when God said, this shall be the beginning of days for you, amen? A, a, a family should take a lamb, right? That was the first time it happened in Israel, okay? Now we're looking at inauguration, the dress rehearsal, okay? And then we're going to look at Christ's fulfillment as the Passover, amen? We already know what that is, right? Jesus Christ's death on the cross. And then we're going to look at our its fulfillment in us, amen? So when you come into land which I shall give you, reap its harvest, you shall bring a sheaf of the first fruits of, you, of your harvest to the priest. He shall wave the sheaf before the Lord to be accepted on your behalf on the day after the Sabbath, the priest shall wave it. And you shall offer on that day when you wave the sheaf, a male lamb of the first year without blemish as a burnt offering to the Lord. Its grain offering shall be two tenths of an ephah, a fine flour mixed with oil, an offering made by fire to the Lord for a sweet aroma. When you see an offering made by fire to the Lord, this speaks about the spirits of God active interaction with the spirits of God, okay? Whenever you see fire in the Bible, it means you are being set ablaze, kindled by the spirits of God, amen? And his drink offering shall be of wine, a fourth of a hen. You shall eat neither bread, nor parched grain, nor fresh grain until the same day that you brought an offering to the Lord your God. It shall be a statute forever throughout your generations in all your dwellings. Hallelujah. So I'm going to stop, amen, right there um because i think that is right yes because we don't want from right there we're about to bleed into pentecost we're going to try pentecost today we're going to stop right here with with um passover then we're going to jump to tabernacle then later on we'll talk about pentecost amen now the feast of passover amen we explained how what inauguration was okay that inauguration we just looked at just now right it also has its fulfillment in christ jesus amen i feel like this doesn't need to be said right jesus christ is our passover lamb right John looks at Jesus and says, behold, the Lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world. Amen. Please understand that what gives the Old Testament scriptures their power was their New Testament fulfillment, both in Jesus and in us, both in Christ, because we are the fullness of him, right? Amen. So when we call Christ, we're calling the head and the body. Hallelujah. So whenever you are looking at the power of stuff in the Old Testament scriptures, Understand that the power, the draw of power that they had was because of a resemblance to the New Testament fulfillment. Let me say it like this. These things are a shadow of the reality in Christ Jesus that we are meant, amen, we are meant to embody. Hallelujah. So when you look at Passover, the reality is in the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross. That is the reality. That is where all blood sacrifices draw their power from. Even in occult, in the occult, all right, it is in the perversion, amen, because Satan works with darkness. It is in the absence of light that Satan is able to find his power or that Satan's power can or his life can flourish because when there's light, there's no power of Satan anywhere, right? You turn the light on and darkness flees. There is no discussion. There is no debate. There's no argument. There's no resistance. There's no back and forth. There is just no warfare between light and darkness, no fellowship, amen? 
So for this reason, it is important that we understand what the fulfillments are in Jesus and the fulfillments are in the body, like Papa said, right? So in Christ, Jesus' fulfillment was on his sacrifice on the cross. That is Passover. Now, what is that fulfillment inside of us? Amen. The fulfillment of Passover in us is when you give your life to Jesus. That is the beginning of years for you. Until you partake of Passover, you have nothing to do with God. Amen. And so that meal, you must consume that meal. And that meal is for you and for your household. Amen. So that is Passover's fulfillment in us. This is going to be a, a, um, a learning um, <clears throat> podcast. Amen. So please um, keep up with me. Amen. Hallelujah. That is Passover. But immediately after Passover, because remember, we were reading. We were reading um, um, a portion of scripture here. It says here. On the 15th day of the month is the feast of 11 bread to the Lord. Seven days you must eat unleavened bread. Amen. Again, seven speaks about perfection. So what does unleavened bread speak of? Unleavened bread speaks about, you know, flat bread with no yeast, right? Amen. It speaks about um, bread that has no leaven. It's not rising. So it's, it's flat. It's, it's dead, basically. Amen. So flat bread. Bread is expected to rise, but it's not rising. It's dead, right? And that was fulfilled in Jesus when he was in the grave. Amen. He was in a grave for three days and three nights, all right? And that was the period of time necessary for Jesus Christ to fully, that's what the seven days of whatever bread speaks of, the fullness, right? The perfection. Jesus Christ fully, amen, paid the penalty for sin. If you read 2 Corinthians chapter 5, you will see the scripture that tells us that. Let's just go there real quick, amen. We'll come back to this in a, in a quick, um, quick minute, amen. I'm going to read this, um, sorry, Romans chapter 5. Hmm. Am I in the right portion of scripture? Romans 5. Romans 4? Yes, 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 yes. There we go. So Romans chapter 4. I was like a little puzzled. I was like, what's happening? Romans 4. So it says here, it was not written for his sake alone that be imputed to him, but also for us. It shall be imputed to us who believe in him, who raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead. Okay. Jesus was delivered up because of our offenses. That means he was killed because of our offenses. Amen. And the, the language here tells us that the only reason why Jesus Christ could be killed was because our offenses were laid on him. So because of our offenses, Jesus Christ could be delivered up. Jesus Christ could be killed as our Passover lamb. Amen. And here's what's so cool. It says here, he was raised up because of our justification. In other words, until we were justified, Jesus Christ could not be raised up. It was our justification that resurrected Jesus Christ. This is the explanation of the scriptures in the Bible that say things like he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. Amen. Until our perfection was completed, until Christ Jesus completed the work of redemption, he could not be raised from the dead. Amen. That is the seven days of unleavened bread. Amen. Which it took Jesus Christ three days and three nights in the grave to fulfill. Hallelujah. Now, how is that fulfilled in us? Amen. Because you're just wondering, okay, did we go to the grave and stay there for until our sins are finished? No, 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 no. For us, um, the Feast of Eleven Bread is kept. You read that. I think it's in, um, Paul makes reference to this. Amen. When he speaks about keeping the feast um, um, without malice. And that is from um, 1 Corinthians chapter 5. 1 Corinthians chapter 5. We're going to start from verse, um, let's start with verse 7. Therefore, purge out the old leaven, that you may be a new lump, 
since you truly are unleavened. For indeed, Christ, our Passover, was sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast, not with the old leaven, nor with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. So the unleavened bread means when a child of God begins to let go of the symptoms of their own life. So you used to be a liar before you stop lying. You used to be addicted to drugs before you stop doing drugs. You be addicted to sex before you're a fornicator. You, you let go of that old lifestyle, amen. You are bringing forth. What is that? You're keeping the feast of leaven. You used to be manipulative before. You are now a sincere believer. That's what Paul is saying here in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, amen. This is how the feast of eleven bread is fulfilled in us as believers. We are letting go, amen, of our old life. And by old life, I'm talking about works of the flesh, amen. And again, in all of these um, spring feasts, we have our very last one, which is called the Feast of First Fruits, all right? And if you remember what we were reading before, it was said there that the high priest, amen, he would take, hallelujah, um, the offering brought um, to him. Let's see here. Yes. When you come into the land which I shall give to you, reap its harvest, you shall bring a sheaf of the first fruits of the Lord, of your harvest, to the priest. And he shall wave the sheaf before the Lord to be accepted on your behalf. On the day after the Sabbath, the priest shall wave it. Now, what is this? Um, this is the inauguration here. It didn't have like a first rehearsal per se, explicitly identified in scripture per se with like some grand event. So it was just inaugurated here. So how is Christ the fulfillment of this? Christ's fulfillment of this when he was resurrected, amen, when he experienced resurrection on our behalf. It says here, he shall wave the sheep before the Lord to be accepted on your behalf. This is where Jesus Christ was raised from the dead as the first of those that were going to rise from the dead. He was waved before the Lord, amen, as the first fruit, hallelujah. He was the harvest from the dead. He is the firstborn from the dead, amen. So Christ is the fulfillment, amen, of the first fruits, hallelujah. Now, someone would ask, how is this fulfilled in us when we begin to walk in newness of life? As a believer, after you let go of the old way of life, not only do you let go of the old way of life religiously, but you begin to find new pleasures and new joys in the newness of life. You find a believer that used to have fun clubbing day and night. Now he's going for prayer meetings. Now he's getting lost in night vigils, right? Now he's finding Jesus to be addicting. He's enjoying devouring the word, amen? He is showing signs of a true believer. He's finding affection in the things of God. This is first fruits, amen? Newness of life. You found new joys in life, new pleasures in life. Previously, um, some TV shows would get your attention. Now you're like, I just want to worship. I remember when um, I experienced this, I was in the gym, I was in Bible school, and I was lifting weights. I was listening to Drake. Um, if you were in the world um, prior to 2000 and something, Drake was popular. I feel like he's all popular now. Now we have all these weird hip hop artists and I wonder how did they cross the boundary of like, anyways, but we have like a lot of interesting artists now look at them. I'm like, is this appealing to the younger generation? Do they find this music appealing? Like, I felt like I left the world when the world, like, you know, when, when um, the world has its peak and it's like going downhill, I left right before it went downhill. Cause I look now I'm like, huh, some things are, I don't even know if Satan can tempt. I don't even feel like I'm being tempted. Who knows what I'm saying? Like I see some things I'm like, huh, interesting. So, okay. Or maybe you should shut them down. Or maybe I should shut, I shut them down. Yes. Yeah, probably because if I, if I didn't walk away, uh, they might still be appealing to me. Man, it will be, 
aren't you so glad you don't find some things appealing? <laughs> I just wonder sometimes, like, man, I'm so glad that I don't find some things enjoyable. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay. So you look back on the world and you're like, I'm going to go with Jesus. Amen. So what happened was um, I listened to Drake in the gym. I was working out and I was lifting weights. And I think I had like one more rep to do. And I was just like, I pushed the thing up and I was like, I can't do this any longer. I just found the music so disgusting. And I went on and I pushed play. Goodbye world, right? Yes. And I put Kim Walker Smith. And I just felt the joy of this is my home now. Don't you love Jesus? <laughs> Amen. I remember that day. I remember that that actually kicked off something weird for me where I'll be working out in the gym and like after doing reps, I put like the the, the bar on the little thing that holds the, the bench press thing or whatever that holds the, the bar up. I'm like, yes, I belong to Jesus. Sometimes I'll get lost singing in worship. I remember one time I was working. At, this is a gym I, I used to go to and it was wonderful transition, right? Yes, yeah. <laughs> And um, everyone in the gym, um, they were all like focusing on doing different things. And it was a time when, you know, everyone's finished from work. So they're all coming to the gym and working out before they head back home. And I was doing the leg press, the leg press, whatever. And I was listening to Kim Walker's um, Rooftop. So I shout out your name from the rooftops. I proclaim that I am yours. So I got to the part where the drum stopped, the, the instrumental stopped. And she's just singing, and I, I got off the leg press, and I started singing, and I am yours, I am yours. And I opened my eyes, everyone is looking at me. Who, who do you belong to? A <laughs> strange young man in the gym. <laughs> All eyes on me, right? <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Joy, right? You can't fake it. It's just real. It's coming out from you. Amen. There's times when you stir yourself up, you stir up the joy of the Lord, but there's times when it just erupts. You can't help it. You're just happy. You're happy you chose Jesus and you don't want, you don't want anything else. And when something comes as contrary, you feel pain. You're like, no, first fruits. Hallelujah. Hope everyone understands. Yes, just Jesus, right? Yes, hallelujah. So these are the spring feasts, amen? And we're seeing how they were fulfilled in us. As a believer, amen, I have discovered Thank God Kim Walker didn't hear you sing, right? <laughs> yeah, because I'm not hers. I'm Jesus's. Amen. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Someone is mocking my voice. He said that I should let Kim Walker sing <laughs> before I destroy her rooftop song for her. Hallelujah. <laughs> okay, so um, um, if, you, if you look at many believers nowadays, amen? Black Saturday. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> if you look at many believers nowadays, amen, you would notice that... Um, Many young people, they haven't experienced 11 bread. They haven't experienced first fruits. You're looking at them and you're asking, is your salvation genuine? You can tell that they want to follow Jesus, but you're looking at them. Huh. This is not that you fall back into sin or Satan came after you. You're not exactly, you're not going for just Jesus. You want this world. Amen. They haven't partaken of 11 bread. They haven't partaken of, of first fruits. And it's very likely they haven't even partaken of first of Passover. Amen. A genuine salvation salvation experience God preaches the gospel to you the salvation experience is that God comes to you and blows your mind amen and you have to partake of all of the spring feasts I'm going to put the graphic back up again amen if you see a believer amen they say they are born again but they are still I'm not talking about someone that's struggling with an addiction amen I'm not talking about someone that's struggling with an attack from Satan I'm talking about someone 
And you don't find joy in the presence of God. You don't find joy in the things of God. You haven't partaken of the feast yet. Does that make sense? You, you're, you're being denied something. You need to partake of the feasts. Like you don't understand, you are missing out on the joy of the Lord. Amen? So you see many young people that come to the cave and they experience Jesus. I, I remember like um, our last Daniel camp, a boy had a podcast and he was just blown away. He was like, I just need to pray. Like mid-podcast, you can tell he's still like boiling from the experience. Amen? And what's happened that he partook of a tangible, there was a, there was a, there was a, <laughs> something was, something entered into his digestive system. Amen. He partook of something. Hallelujah. He, he fed on Jesus. Amen. And the fruits of that was joy. There is no eating of Jesus without joy. Amen. Sometimes you need to eat enough for you to be satisfied. And then you have the fruits of joy, but make no mistake, amen? If you've not, if you're not experienced joy, keep on eating, amen? Keep on feasting, keep on dining until you cross that threshold of joy you haven't started yet. In fact, when you look at the parable of the sower, it's a picture of the seed of the kingdom of God being sown inside of you and the earmark, amen, of the fact that something springs up, amen? If you remember the, the, the heart that is, that is fallow, right? The fallow ground. The word fallow, what does that mean? It means farmland that has, yes, nothing has been sown in there, not pregnant yet, okay? Um, the stony soil, right? That needs to be broken into. When the seed is sown, it springs up first. But because of a lack of penetration, it withers away, right? But if you check, the scripture says something. It springs up with joy first. Joy is the hallmark of every festival. Check feasts in the natural. Check festivals in any culture. Jewish festival, what's, that, what's, that, what's, that, what's everyone doing? They're dancing. They're celebrating, right? They're, in, they're having fun. It's joy, amen? Your Christian walk, please hear me out, amen? There is no Jesus without joy. You're not saying, Jesus Christ is something. He that partakes of the drink that I have to offer, Kayana. Okay, okay. He that partakes of the feast that I have to offer, he will never thirst again. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Yes, no Jesus, no joy. Amen. So you want to make sure that you are enjoying Jesus. Now, I'm, I'm gonna sit here for a minute here, okay? Um, because I see many young people, they're not having fun in the Lord yet. Amen. And sometimes it's because of an unmet expectation. Amen. Maybe they want God to meet them in a specific way. Don't put any box on how the Lord will meet your joy. Amen. If, if you are a believer, you're born again, but there's no joy in your Christian walk, go on a picnic with Jesus. Go on a date with Jesus. Go on an adventure with Jesus. Go hiking. Amen. Go on a picnic. Go to a coffee shop. Amen. Sit down and picture Jesus with you. Spend time with him. You will be happy. I assure, I assure you, you'll be happy. Don't use your, use your mind because I discovered something, you know, he's there with you. You just don't see it. 
So to believe it, you use your imagination so you can believe. It makes, you know, we have these weapons of our warfare that are given to us, amen? We have these faculties, amen, that we use to engage the word of the scriptures, amen? Engage the scripture that says his name is Emmanuel, God is with us. And go on a coffee shop and engage Emmanuel, God with you. I remember when my sisters used to do this when we were in Bible school. They would um, have these seasons. I'm so, I scared Nora. So sorry, Nora. Um, they had these seasons where um, they would um, imagine that Jesus was with them. I don't know where she is. <laughs> uh, where Jesus was with them. And um, it used to annoy me. Oh my, I forgot to plug a charger. God is our, our, our power source, amen. Also letting me know that we're almost out of time. So that's good. So um, they used to, they would, you know, be like, oh, when, I, when, I, when it's time for like class and stuff or whatever, I would come and sit down next to them. And they'd be like, no, no, this spot is for Jesus. You move, sit over there. Jesus is sitting here. And I'm just like, Jesus Christ does not sit on the chair. Jesus Christ is sitting in heavenly places with us up there, not down here. Get out of the way. I'm going to sit down here. They'll be like all upset. No, we left the space for Jesus. Like, ah, okay, Jesus, you sit here instead. And they intentionally kept that practice for a very long time. And I remember I would, I would mock them and be like, not mock them in a bad way, but like, yeah, 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 whatever, whatever. You owe this too much. Then one day we had like um, one of our prayer culture nights. And what would happen like every Thursday and every Tuesday night would have these mosh pits of prayer. And they were glorious. They were, they were like our night vigils, but they were like maybe four hours long, sometimes two hours if nothing broke through per se. But you, um, by, the second, by the second semester, we had four quarters. By the second quarter, it was spicy. So um, I remember like one specific night, um, this girl had an encounter and she fell out in the spirit. And then the Lord kind of like possessed her body. It's like um, prophecy to the max where she got possessed by Jesus. And Jesus began to call people to, you know, out like, and then expose their secret, like walk with him, like honor them <clears throat> for their private um, interaction with him in secret, just honor them publicly. And the Lord um, spoke about my sister and said, thank you so much for making room for me. I love the times that you told me to come and sit next to you. I came and sat with you. Hey! When I heard that, I said, Jesus. So you're telling me about making fun of Jesus as he was sitting next to them. Hey, God. Hey, God. God. <laughs> Hallelujah. So he does come and sit with you. Amen. So I want to release you into that. All right. Have time set out with Jesus. Don't bother about how you feel as in physical tinglings. Amen. Focus more on him that he's there with you. And let that reality flood your souls. You are feasting on something, I assure you. Amen. As you go through that process, you're going to find that experience there. You're going to find joy in your life. Amen. Hallelujah. So that has been a quick introduction to um, the spring feasts. Amen. Um, I want to touch on tabernacles because we are kind of like in that season. We just, we're coming out of it. Amen. These are the fall feasts. All right. And the fall feasts are the climax. The purpose of all of that feed, feeding all the feasts is to get here, amen? The purpose of that curriculum is to get here. And the climax of everything is something called the Feast of Tabernacles, amen? And this, this feast, amen, is what, when the Bible says, um, the word made, basically this verse, the word became flesh and dwelt among them. That is actually what the Feast of Tabernacles is all about, amen? There was no specific dress rehearsal per se, because that feast, um, um, was inaugurated in, in actually Leviticus 20. So I let's jump in real quick and see if I have this here in my notes. Tabernacle, Sukkoth, in gathering. Leviticus 23, verse 33. 
Just read that real quick. Hallelujah. Be rounding up pretty soon. The Lord spoke to Moses saying, speak to the children of Israel. On the 15th day of this month shall be the Feast of Tabernacles for seven days to the Lord. On the first day, there shall be a holy convocation. You shall do no customary work on it. For seven days, you shall offer an offering made by fire to the Lord. Again, the Holy Spirit. On the eighth day, you shall have a holy convocation. Offer an offering made by fire to the Lord. It's a sacred assembly. You shall do no customary work on it. Notice the emphasis on no customary work. That means basically the Lord alone is the one that's at work, right? These are the feasts of the Lord, which you shall proclaim to the holy convocations to offer an offering made by fire to the Lord, a burnt offering and a grain offering, a sacrifice and drink offerings, everything on its day, besides the Sabbath of the Lord, besides your gifts, besides all your vows, besides all your feeble offerings, which you shall give to the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. There's, good, there's more practices here. Basically, if you keep on reading, you see that Israel is meant to, every family, they're meant to dwell inside tents. Amen. And it's a picture of them becoming the tabernacle, that family becoming the dwelling place of God. Amen. It's also called the Feast of Booths. It's also called the Feast of Ingathering. Amen. Because once this feast happens, it's harvest season. You just go in and you, you collect everything. Amen. Um, also gathering in. Amen. The gathering of the body. And it's what you what we refer to as rapture. Amen. Is the fulfillment of this in us. Hallelujah. So what is the fulfillment in Christ Jesus? I actually spelled it out loud when I said um, the word became flesh. Amen. And dwelt among us. Christ fulfilled tabernacles. Amen. When he became, when the word became flesh. When Jesus Christ came to the fullness of God. When, um, um, yeah, in the book of John chapter 1. Hallelujah. When he became the dwelling place of God fully. Hallelujah. And it's fulfilled in us when that reality is our reality as well when we also embody God, but specifically manifestly. I want to say this again for a reason, okay? Because right now you embody the fullness of God. That is the truth. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, amen? And right now the Holy Ghost is invading your soul by God's word, amen? By your faculties that have yielded, amen, in faith to God's word. That's how your, your heart believes unto righteousness, right? God dwells in all of those caverns in our souls that we have yielded up to God. God sits on the those places as thrones. Um, God sits on the thrones of our souls in those places. Amen. And that's the reality we can experience right now. Our spirits right now is is one with God. Amen. And our spirits united with God. Amen. So that reality is present right now. Amen. We can tap into tabernacles right now. Amen. But there is the manifestation, there is the full-blown manifestation of that. And that's actually what the entire feast is about. You have this experience that took place on Passover. That, that lamb that you partook of, you continue to feast on that lamb, amen, until the entire lamb has been consumed, amen. And that full consumption, amen, is your experience of redemption and your experience of the indwelling of the Almighty God. There's verses all throughout scripture that allude to this, amen? Jesus Christ said in John chapter 14, if, if a man loves me, he will keep my commands, right? And then I will love him and I'll come and I'll manifest myself to him. And then someone asks a question, well, how will you manifest yourself? Said if he, he that has my commandments and keeps them is he that loves me. And I will love him and I will come to him. My father and I will come and we'll make our dwelling, our abode in him, amen? This is in John chapter 14, hallelujah. John chapter 14 from verse, let's start from verse 15. John 14 from verse 15. Let's see here. Hallelujah. 
here it is. Judas, not a scare, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered and said to him, if any man loves me, he will keep my word. My father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. Now, someone would say, oh, God already loves us. So what is he talking about here? Oh, 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 beloved. Listen very closely, okay? Whenever you see Jesus Christ saying that God loves someone and there's a consequence of God's love for that person, amen, he's talking about the experience of God's love, amen? There is something called the, the, the love of the Father as captured in God's endearment, endearment towards Jesus. And it was because Jesus Christ had partaken of the feasts. You see, God's love for us is set before us as these seven feasts, amen? And God doesn't just, God doesn't just say, I love you, I love you, I love you. It's not, I love you, I love you, I love you alone. It is, I love you, come and experience my love. You know, if, if, you, if, you, if you love someone, amen, you want to date them, hallelujah, you want to dine with them, amen? You want to marry them. It's not just, I love you. Wow, you love me? That's good, yes it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> Amen. There's actually things that, there's a sequence of things that will follow that, right? A life together, right? A life experience together, right? There's a place where you interact with each other, right? There is, you know, communion, right, with each other because of that love, right? Feastings. You go on dates. Amen. The dates that God has for us are these seven feasts. I'm going to actually switch my terminology here, okay? I'm referring to these seven feasts as dates were meant to go on with Jesus. Were meant to go on dates with Jesus, amen? Because honestly speaking, the fulfillment of tabernacles, amen, is our bridal union with God, where our bridal estate is manifest, amen? Yes, daily fellowship, amen? Communion, dining, feasting, going on dates with Jesus. There are, there is a fullness, amen? of this courtship, of this dating process, amen? There's so much that can be said, but I wanna just use this, you know, this imagery here to drive this home, amen? God loves us. Man, there is so much in this imagery, I'm telling you. I'm looking at Pentecost right now. Pentecost is a marriage proposal. I'm dead serious. Like, Feast of Pentecost is literally God proposing to Israel, amen? And it's God proposing to us. You know that language in, in the pattern translation where the Holy Ghost is called the, the engagement ring of, of, our, of, our, of, our, of our union with God? Amen. That is that, that that could not have been any any more perfectly captured. Amen. We got filled with the Holy Spirit. That was the God's engagement ring to you. Amen. We can we can drive this home even longer, but I know we don't have much time. So I'll just I'll wrap it up with this. Amen. All of these seven feasts, amen, they correspond, amen, to dates with the Lord. Amen. To date nights with the Lord. Are you dating Jesus? No people say that. <laughs> there's this common there's a funny thread on on instagram i see and it's a guy he like he needs help and he asks a girl he's like hey can you help me out i need some help she's like i already have a boyfriend no 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 no. i need help like my car like i need i literally need help like i legend it's like no i already have my boyfriend i have a boyfriend i don't talk to you right now <laughs> boyfriend amen and so basically initiating conversation there right so it's a funny meme okay but um the point there is that initiate the, the initiating dialogue, all right, suggests that you're interested in covenant, right? Some kind of, of commitment, right? God thinks the same way, amen? Can I say something? If Satan come comes and talks to you, okay, and tells you something, tell him I have a boyfriend, amen? My boyfriend is Jesus. Now, it's not enough to just say that, amen? 
we actually have to be going on dates with him. That's what I'm, That's actually what I'm trying to say here, okay? We actually have to partake of these feasts. We actually have to make sure we are feasting and dining with God. I hope from what you've seen here today, amen, you can see why a believer, right, can be born again and yet not showing signs that they're born again. It's because they're not going on dates with Jesus. They have not partaken, amen, of unleavened bread and first fruits, amen? Beloved, if you go on all the dates with Jesus, if you respond to his marriage proposal, because when you said yes to Jesus, yes, you like Jesus, very fine. Yes, his hair is long, blah, 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 blah. Amen. Are you dating Jesus? Exactly. Are you dating Jesus? Amen. Uh, but that's you responding to the dating process. There is the engagement process. Dates are joyful moments. Beautiful, right? If you go on a date to someone that you're excited to be with, it's not, even if there's nothing happening, this, this is why, ah, so many things that can be said. This is why as your Christian walk, you have times when you're, you're dating, dating the Lord, engaging with the Lord. And sometimes you date with him even if you don't feel like it. It's a sign that you want to be with him. Tall, dark, and handsome. Hallelujah. Uh-uh. <laughs> Pastor David, <laughs> go into specifics there. Hallelujah. Is it an appearance that you've had with the Lord recently? Hallelujah. I remember an encounter, um, this woman, um, I think her name is Patali, I think that's her name. And um, they have this co- these conferences called Kingdom Encounters in, in, um, in the UK. And I know because Brian Grimm ministered there, so did Eric Gilmore. And Christianity is not boring. Yes, it is definitely not boring. If it is boring, you're not experiencing, you're not feasting on dating Jesus. Amen. Dating Jesus cannot be boring. You cannot be dating the king of the universe and it's boring. Amen. So um, this lady, she shared about how her life was before and the pain and the torments and depression and different things. And then she goes on to explain what happened when she saw Jesus. She's like, he came to me and I saw him and he had perfect teeth. And everyone just started laughing. Now, (laughs) enjoying his presence and even silent moments. Yes, hallelujah, hallelujah. Um, The Lord wants us to be endeared to him. That's kind of like the summary here. And there is, there are measures of this endearment that you cannot come into without dating him. Who's ever seen a girl that is engaged to be married? The ones, I'm talking about the ones that are expressive. You can make it and you're like this. Yes, I want to marry you. And you really are exploding on the inside, but you're not being expressive. I'm talking about those girls that they let you know. So, Father Debbie said, hey, so you know someone, right? <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. You can tell. They're looking for every excuse to talk about their fiance. They're looking for every excuse to show you that ring. They're looking for every excuse to show you that commitment with God. You see Jesus all throughout the book of John. My father, 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 my father. You know what was happening? Amen. He was dating God. Amen. He was in a love relationship with God. He couldn't help himself. He wasn't trying to boast. It's not about boasting. Amen. It's not about showing off. He was feasting with I remember when I first caught fire for God. Amen. And my Twitter feed, up to now, my Twitter feed is still the same way. Amen. It switched from being a techie thing alone. I still post text up. Amen to becoming this place where, ah, I remember my friends were wondering, what is wrong with this boy? Literally, I went over and I flipped, like I went crazy. I flipped from being this guy posting funny memes and stuff or whatever, to Jesus, 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 Bible verse, Bible verse, Bible verse. Wow, 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 this is so cool. Look at this. And I'll post my entire devos, not intentionally. I'm just out of just overflow, like, wow, is anyone else 
seeing this, honestly, sincere motives, I'm not trying to show off anything, just posting away. Joy of salvation, genuine, amen? That was just me being excited about dating Jesus, amen? There is the joy of being engaged to Jesus. That's what is next level. That's where, that's where Pentecost comes in, amen? That one is next level. That's on a completely different level by itself. Beloved, we need to partake of all of these feasts. There is a climax of marriage, union with Jesus, amen? I, I'm not talking about the wedding where the joy, right? I know we have examples of people, you know, because of nowadays, we've so bastardized the marriage covenant, amen, that you hear all kinds of weird stories that can almost discourage you, amen? Then go for Instagram couples, amen? I was talking, I posted this once on Instagram once, that in our generation, that marriage has been so spat on by the LGBTQ+, plus, the left-wing agenda, all this nonsense. You can find people almost like shrieking away from marriage, amen? But man, I've seen some, so many couples online that, man, I, 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 can find, I can find the influence being projected is that marriage is a beautiful thing. Please, beloved, do you know that physical marriage is a shadow of our union with God? Do you know that you cannot compare a shadow? We will not be discouraged, amen? <laughs> Hallelujah, amen? Do you know that physical marriage is a shadow, amen, of, of our union with God? That means the greatest joys, amen, that you can experience in your marriage covenant, amen, physical marriage covenant, cannot be compared to the fulfillment of the joys and the ecstasies that can be enjoyed with God. Hallelujah. I really hope that this is an invitation, amen, to feast on the Lord. I really hope that this is taking these words, these seemingly boring feasts, amen. So they're not just words on a page, but they're things that we can experience, amen, that the church can experience dating Jesus, experience feasting on the Lord, hallelujah. So I really hope this blessed you, hallelujah. Thank you so much for joining us, beloved. This has been Word for Now. We are continuing our trajectory, amen, from our recently concluded and amazing conference, amen, the Watch Prophetic Conference. Sessions are being uploaded to YouTube on a weekly basis, maybe bi-weekly, we might, we might turn things up a notch, amen. We broadcast a session um, during um, open, open book study every Friday, hallelujah. Um, speaking about open book study, um, we have coming up tomorrow, a fun session with mama yay so i want to encourage you to make yourself you know clear your schedule make some available for 8 p.m it's going to be a fun time we've been on a series right now on faith and finances the lord invading um our economy with his and you know kind of like making sure that we sow in the land and reap a hundredfold hallelujah and again reinforcement on you know the priest of the believer and and um, all these different things that were committed to us, you know, during our re most recently um, concluded conference, the Watchman Friday conference, that witness of Kenneth Hagen, you know, um, a faith um, faith apostle there. Hallelujah! So um, I'm really hoping that you are seeing all of these things as initiations, amen, as invitations. In other words, the bulk of what God has in store for you is not found here. Um, like my pastor would often say, you don't learn God sitting on a plastic chair in church you learn god in your bedroom right if you're looking for god matthew chapter 6 right go into your room shut the door go to your closet shut the door and the god who sees you in secret will answer you openly he's found in secret in your physical bedroom 
and also the secret places of your heart. In other words, in your daily life, right? The decisions that you make, amen. The different um, choices, amen. Hallelujah. That no one else sees. God is looking. God is seeing. Hallelujah. And I really hope, um, um, amen, that we are being encouraged to go and feast on the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you so much for joining us, beloved. I have um, found many different ways to end this. <laughs> so many different ways too. Um, Jesus loves you. You have a good night. <laughs>